Did you ever see Hellbound? Hellraiser 2. So the journey continues through the Hellraiser movies. Hellraiser-thon uh, would be a great name for this, I think. But um, we're continuing on. So Hellraiser 2 is like a direct sequel. It picks up, much like the Rocky movies and Karate Kid movies, directly after the first movie ends. And um, I, I watched, there, there's a documentary about the making of Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. It's basically the making of Hellraiser. And they talk about during the making of Hellraiser that the studio was pretty happy with what they were seeing, so they were already greenlighting the sequel. And this sequel, you know, a lot of the team's still there. Uh, you know, Clive Barker isn't directing this time, which, you know, it, pros and cons, I suppose. I would like to have seen his shot choices and things like that. But, right, it, it's, it's, it's the same sort of guys. You know, it's I think it's released exactly one year after it you know it's basically they finished the first movie and then they made this one in this one you have kirsty in like the hospitals is in like this you know psychiatric institution um along with a bunch of other troubled individuals and she's there you know they're chatting to her they're sort of you know uh, the doctors are trying to work out what went on what happened because the police are there and it's like look some there's a load of bodies in this house you know um to the extent that um we'll find out that the the doctor is uh he's kind of like um you know he's a bit of uh how would you say he, he's hunting down these the puzzle boxes and the cenobites and stuff like this he's trying to find out what's going on with them and he's hearing this story from uh kirsty and she's telling him things he wants to hear basically he's like oh my goodness there's this you know, other dimension where there's like loads of pleasure and or is it pain who knows um but he has a load of research material on it we find out later uh so um <laughs> when uh when doing this she's telling the story of hellraiser one and like there's a lot of flashbacks to hellraiser the first hellraiser movie and the quality of film stock is not great the film grain was horrific in that but it didn't really matter. The film is a bit gross and grisly, the first one. So, And it's also flashback stuff. I didn't mind it. But that's a lot of the introduction of that movie. It's set in, you know, it's basically a recap of a movie that, if you had seen it in the cinema, was barely a year old. Was it necessary? Don't know. I did like seeing stuff from the first movie. Uh, this one follows similar lines. Uh, in it, the Doctor, uh, Doctor uh, Chenard, he is trying um, to to get the Cenobite, so he's got he's got the mattress right. This is how amazing this movie is. He has the mattress that Julia died in the first movie on. You know, she's sitting at the end. She's got I think she's holding the the puzzle box, the cube, and her face is all you know ripped off with the, the chains and the hooks and things like that. <laughs> and so he gets the mattress, and then he decides right. I'm going to bring back the person to life. I don't think he knows who Julia is. It doesn't really matter. I don't know, but it's cool to see her back as um, as the absolute villain. I mean, the first one, it's, you know, their sense is like the wicked stepmother kind of evil queen vibe, but now she's definitely the evil queen. 
And he, so the doctor, right, get this, the doctor gets one of his really troubled patients, the one with, that's like the craziest, as it were. Uh, the, this guy th it, like thinks he's covered in bugs. So um, doctor gives him a, a razor blade to, uh, you know, essentially shave off the bugs, but he's cutting himself off. And that seems quite, you know, it's hard to watch, to be honest. Um, uh, like, I know it's not real, but, you know, it's still grim seeing someone, you know, basically peeling away skin um, because they think they're covered in bugs. But that uh, allows the blood to fall onto the mattress. And just like the first movie where blood fell onto the, the attic floor, <laughs> it resurrects the person that died on it. And like, that's quite an interesting thing. Um, you know, I always, yeah, you know, I'd heard the, what the, how the book did it and it was quite different, but you know, I quite like this vibe that, you know, a bit of blood's on it and then they're back to life. And that seems great because her arms come shooting out of the mattress and like just grab the guy on it and then she, you know, sucks the life out of him. You know, I think they, they put their hand on the back of the head and that, you know, obviously builds her up and, you know, regenerates her. But we get another uh, great bit of, you know, red body painted, um, muscle suited, skinless people and it looks amazing. It's still all shiny and gooey. And you're like, oh, this is gross. And hilariously, right? So this scene, amazing scene. I'm just describing the scene at the minute. But the the doctor's assistant, so the other doctor or junior doctor, whatever he is, nurse, he uh, snuck into the doctor's house. And he's like standing like in the window behind the curtain while this skinless woman is a, you know, trying to take down a man that's been slicing himself up with a razor blade wild like that is just wild uh, <laughs> so anyway it, it the first or like half of the movie is then almost retracing the steps of the first movie where someone's brought to the house and um you know that that resurrects regenerates um julia in this stage instead of frank um the only thing i would say about that that it's not that I didn't like it. I, I just understood why they didn't do it because it would have been too awkward, too clunky maybe. But when Julia's back to life, she's full on Julius. It's not got, you know, like when Frank came back to life, he took the skin of Larry in this stage, like it's just her. And to be honest, guys, she's missing her amazing hair from the first movie. I was uh, slightly disappointed in that. But, you know, she's there, she's super evil. Um, having spent time in hell, I assume it is. Um, so her and the doctors all like, oh my goodness, we did it. This is amazing. Now they, for some reason, after her escaping hell, she's wanting to like let the doctor find his way into hell. Now he has a lot of puzzle cubes. He's a lot of information, like I was saying. He actually, you know, we see uh, Pinhead before he was Pinhead, the hell priest. And he was like, looked like, he was in the Boer War type of thing. He's like a commander in an army and stuff like that. So um, we'll get to see like uh, Doug Bradley without the makeup. No way we've seen um, Freddy Krueger, uh, Robert England without the makeup in like one movie of the Friday 13th. We, we see it immediately in the second movie. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see. A wee bit of background on Pinhead. I would have liked him to be more ancient, I suppose. Than um, you know, basically someone from like fifty years ago, 
um, you know, from the 30s or like the 20 or whenever, like there's guns in his, uh, in in his barracks. Whenever we see him, so I'm like, oh, it would have been cool if he was like, you know, some form of English king or like some something super ancient. Uh, but you know, oh well, he's not. We'll get what we got. But what we'll have in this movie is an expansion of lore, and I like that. I think sequels that do that are good sequels. I mean, Predator 2 gets a bad rap, but how it expanded the Predator and what it does, I'm very on board for. I think it's good because that it's obviously not as good as the first Predator movie. Rarely a sequel is better. And um, I think, when when would I release it? There's going to be a sequel episode of Wade and Dave. And to be honest, I'm thinking um, now of putting this one on the list because I actually like this better than the first movie doesn't get as highly rated but what we do get is a bigger spectacle we get bigger lore and we get a bit more of the Cenobites in their domain they don't really do much Cenobites other than show up and like throw chains and hooks at people but the second half of the movie when the doctor's working out how to get to the Cenobites and how to get the hell because that's where the ultimate pleasure slice pain is who knows um Kirsty and her uh, neighbouring patient, who is very good at puzzles, which is quite convenient. That's set up early, and luckily it pays off. And um, the the girl, she doesn't speak, but she solves. The, well, she says one word, and it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> she solves the, the the puzzle cube. Ad opens the doors, and now everyone is in hell. And what I like is it has this girl's um, own personal hell. And then you have like Kirsty's own personal hell. And then there's a bit with like the doctors and stuff. But what is really cool is the do- when the doctor turns into the Cenobite. And I'm like, yeah, I'm on board with this. This is amazing. More Cenobites. Now, I thought he looked cool. But then they like got this thing that sucks on the back of his head. And he's kind of like floating about like a puppet. Looks a bit silly. It is funnier. There's more intentional comedy. Like there's a fine line between comedy and horror. Like a horror movie, you know. A guy floating held by the head is, you know, funny looking to me. He looks like a Thunderbird, but, you know, Pinhead looks a lot scarier um, because he's a bit more grounded, I suppose. But uh, there's a massive labyrinth and, uh, you know, there's, there's just so much more interesting stuff in this movie. Frank comes back for a brief scene with uh, Chris Davis, which is really cool. I really like that, to be honest. I thought her own personal hell was quite interesting. Like, it's not it's not hell brutal hell it's kind of it's really strange how they've done it you know it's corridors and gloomy and like there's the occasional monster and stuff like that but for the most part of this movie it is just an expansion of like the lore of the puzzle box and the cenobites and hell and stuff like that like we see in the doctor's study there's three different cubes in it and then um whenever they're uh uh, they're trying to get in to hell. Um, the 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 patients in the hospital all have their own puzzle box, and I think that's pretty sweet. Um, I did like that the first one had like one, but you know, having a bit more, it, you know, it, it's quite cool. If they had like one over to different parts of the world, I don't know. The next one's called Hell on Earth, so maybe there might be some explanation in that. I've definitely seen the first three of these movies. I remember the first one probably the best um, because it's kind of simple, it's kind of small. 
this one i did not remember half of what was going on on it uh until this viewing and i was like pleasantly surprised about how much i enjoyed it i was hooked in on this i thought it was gross like the first one not as gross in many but you know it's a bit more how would you say by the numbers it's a bit more cinematic well not cinematic it's a bit more you know movie formulaic i suppose but that isn't a bad thing I, the uniqueness of the first ones you know i don't th i still don't think i've seen a movie where the, what kind of goes on in it goes on in it and um, you know but in this one you can see where like this, the tropes of like that 80s horror slicers coming in and i imagine as we go further and further down the line we're gonna see it get tropier and tropier i don't really mind that so long as there's mad death kills like they made like a dozen saw movies they're still making saw movies i think and they're all the same movie solve the puzzle you know it, there's a decision kill someone and you live or you know don't kill someone and everyone dies you know tropes not bad they're there for a reason cliches they're quite good and this movie great across the board um give it a really high rating believe it or not i'm, I'm still on the letterbox that steve so does and uh it's 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 ranked above the first hellraiser movie you know i feel like uh because the, the story's so tight to the first one it's quite a nice it's almost one you could sit down and watch it as one long like three hour hit again guys 90 minute movies it's like 97 minutes or something like that we need more of those type of movies where you're in and out you have a good bit of fun in it you know a horror movie kind of scary kind of creepy this does all those things bookends the first one really well the first one does feel like you know it's it's just resurrecting frank and then it's an end battle whereas this one there is a bit more plot there's a bit more build up there's you know way way more interesting things in it like there's a mad scene <laughs> where um skinless julia that's how that's a credit by the way in a movie is skinless and then a name and um, she is uh you know in the house and she comes down in this white uh like suit it's like why are you wearing white if you've got no skin on there's blood everywhere hilarious gets wrapped in bandages and um, the end fight at the end i want to tell you this you you know it's spoilers i mean guys you're listening to this expect to be spoiled movies um i'm telling my opinions of movie if i just say like i really liked it, this one better than the first you know, we wouldn't be 15 minutes into an episode but the end where like julia's skin's coming off and it's just like peeled bit of sausage or a rubber glove hilarious to me funny in a good way had a good time with this movie hellbound hellraiser 2 and that's the other thing i wanted to say remember like having a movie with a different title as the first one i don't think i think the james bonds are the only ones that do it and stick with it dirty harry did it i think there's like dirty harry and magnum force and all you know they've got a bunch of different names for a sequel i like that it's hellraiser and this is hellraiser or this is hellbound hellraiser 2 so um alphabetically it's a nightmare when you're categorizing the dvds it's not you put sequels right after the first ones come on guys but uh, you know rambo sort of did it first blood and then it was rambo first blood part two i quite like that that is how i would prefer movies getting made now i think it was a glass onion was called a knives out mystery i'm like okay I, I quite like that um but just to call it you know 
something to and then a tagline it's not as enjoyable for i mean i'm talking about a movie title it doesn't matter the content of the movie is more important but to be like oh what what do you watch it's like oh what's hellbound hellraiser 2 it sounds cool you know people are like wait what's hellbound and they're like oh it's hellraiser 2 you know they kind of know what's going on hellraiser 2 had a great time with it put it higher than the first one next hellraiser 3 shockingly enough apparently this one is going to conclude it all um this is like the end of a trilogy this is where most people stop and um i'm not going to i don't think i'm going to keep going and plow my way through so join me in the journey through hell razor 